This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Shana Tova from the fifth dimension, babe. It's the Luminaries with your host, I am David Odyssey. This week's guest goes beyond any description. It's Richard Perez. He makes videos. He's just a genius. I really hope you enjoy the interview, and I hope you have a very happy new year. Okay, so Shanatova, it is officially 5781 um, here in the heathen state of Odyssey hell world. Uh, it's also the equinox this week. It's Melissa Stokowski's birthday. There's a lot happening. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that I hate when gentiles wish me happy hanukkah and feel so proud of themselves or like when i was a server and people and the the restaurant staff was offended that i wished people merry christmas and it's like okay if i'm wishing someone merry christmas i can guarantee you they're a christian and i'm the first jew they've ever met in their life and secondly like hanukkah is not a real holiday the jewish high holy days are a real holy holiday and i can list the gentiles uh by a handful who who wish me anything during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it's like, I don't see you wishing anyone uh, like a swift fast for Ramadan or a happy Nuru's either. No, it's just this like pathetic, um, self-congratulatory faux exclusivity that comes around during Christmas that isn't real because if anyone like read a Wikipedia piece they'd know that for those of us who have had any familial strife who come from the Jewish tradition we really need the most support now this is usually the worst time of year for me classically last year around this time my immune system shut down and I lost my job the year before generally a blur um so far though I have to say, after a summer of fatigue and depression, when I took in the autumn air on Tuesday, I did feel like (sighs) I was here again. And I'm like kind of back in action. I went back to the gym. Astrology readings are kind of booming and banging right now. Hit me up to book one. And so I do actually feel really excited and I don't know I just feel like I'm back and I think a huge part of that was like most of the summer slash whatever I've just been under this impression that like if I read enough Carolyn Miss and Marianne Williamson I can like work my way out of my my emotional problems spiritually which has in the past been the case but Sometimes it's like, if you're sick, just be sick. If you're depressed, you're just depressed and it's okay and you don't need to solve it. And it took a long time to get there. I wish it didn't take so long, but I am rather difficult. And that just kind of freed me because then it was like, 
okay, we don't need to overthink anything anymore. Anything, I've thought through literally everything that needs to be thought through when it comes to like, whatever. And any voices of self-harm, we know where they come from. You just gotta like do it at some point. So the processing is kind of over. So I think that really set me free in a way. Um, But I also dissociated yesterday. So honestly, you know, it's a mixed bag. Um, I am really excited for the year to come. I'm reading Richard, I'm almost done with Richard Tarnas's fucking tome, Cosmos and Psyche, which is about like the history of astrology. But the takeaway from it is that this moment, or slash all moments, but really this moment is so rare and extraordinary. And just based on like the alignment of the cosmos, the, the, chance alignment of certain planets at certain times that were in being when my generation was born and in this particular moment in time it just makes me excited and it makes me feel like anything can happen and you know with Ruth dying all I can think about is um you know that scene in Practical Magic when that my dear friend Shetty who I hope is listening Shetty and I always quote this when Diane Weist and Stockard Channing are like, clean up your own mess, and they leave in those fucking veils. Stockard Channing always wears some sort of a veil, a uh, C to Wong Fu. Okay. And then there's also, you know, one of my favorite all time scenes in Buffy, which is like, Giles leaves. Sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone who hasn't watched a show that ended in 2003, but at some point in the series, Giles, like, tells Buffy like you're ready to take care of yourself and but it, things could it could not be worse timing and things get a lot worse and when Giles comes back he says like I'm sorry that I abandoned you and Buffy says to him like no I needed to grow up Derek Smith uh two-time luminary and beloved friend I saw him this summer and we had this great conversation about cops and fireworks and how fucked up everything is. And he just looked me in the eye and he said, I think things are going to get a lot worse. And I really was able to take it in because it was the first time someone had expressed that sentiment to me in a way that I didn't feel like I needed to give them a look on the bright side spin or like cheer them up or like show them the silver lining or whatever. He, he said it without ego, and he said it in a way that wasn't like, oh, woe is me, I live in New York, look how hard it is. He just said, like, yeah, things are going to get worse. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, they probably are, and it's okay. Um, and I'm thinking about the ending of season one of United States of Terra, which... I will say that that season changed my life. I'm almost done with the show. Season three, by the way, has completely rocked my world. But um, the the last line of season one is uh, Tony Collette turns to John Corbett and she just says, you know, things are probably going to get worse before they get any better. And he just says, I know. And then the season ends. So I don't know. I guess I'm just in that place of like, Things, I truly think things are going to get, this is an unusually hard year for a lot of reasons, at least astrologically, and I do think things are going to get better, certainly for me, but I just think like, 
yeah, it's okay. Things are going to get worse and then they're going to change and then they're going to get interesting and then it's going to be really exciting and then they'll, they'll probably get hard again. I mean, who knows? But the point is like, we're okay. We're going to do it. And I'm, I'm ready for it because it's going to be fine no matter what. Like in the big picture, it's all going to be fine. Don't you hate when I get like this? This is so my brother being a gaslighter of like, but look on the bright side. But it's not really that. I'm just saying like, Things can get worse, and it's okay. With that gorgeous sentiment, um, I'm just, like, beside myself that I got to interview Richard because Richard is one of those people where I'm like, I can't believe I know him. He's, like, I think he's, like, five years ahead of everyone, and he's just, like, very... When you... When you're with Richard in person, it's like, oh, wow, I've never been with someone who's so tapped into the subtleties of human expression and who can just, like, ride every single shade of the spectrum. He's so talented and so gifted, and I'm really excited for everything that's to come with him. So I hope you enjoy the interview. And the Luminaries is going to go on a little bit of a hiatus in October. I know it's been... With me, it's really been quite a year, and it's hard to follow. You know, the name change, whatever. But it's going through a short hiatus uh, before a new dimension is added to it, which we will all discuss. Um, but thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. To start, I guess I'm just curious about your your journey to New York City and and like what what brought you here. Um. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I guess it's been quite a journey. I've been here for nine years. Um, I so I um, went to school for photography. I have a B- BFA. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Sadly. Uh, but yeah. And so I <laughs> studied photography. And um, I'd say like during that time in my life like I really had it set in my mind like oh I'm gonna be a photographer this is like my journey this is my path I already know it I'm gonna be like a Ryan McGinley or or something like that or like a Wolfgang Tillmans or like something like that and um I went to this art school uh my freshman sophomore year in Delaware so I lived there for two years and they were a sister school with uh Pratt and also Corcoran and Mm. um I a lot of people that went to like this art school in Delaware like had the intention of transferring because it's just like a two-year program um so I always knew I wanted to move to New York City I grew up in Jersey so um I'd visit when I was a teen and um yeah and then I I got to Pratt and that's that was all the beginning, yeah, 2011. <laughs> okay, I'm. I guess I'm curious about like, just because that's a lot has happened since 2011. I've only been here yeah. since 2014, okay. so I guess I'm just curious, like, where you feel you are. I feel like I got here in 2014, and I've already lived like 30 lives, and oh, right. I'm just trying to like. I'm also just like, okay, where the hell am I in all of this? And I guess I'm just curious, like, how you feel looking back on the last decade 
and like in terms of like who came here and who is who is who like where you are now hmm well um i feel like uh i i think about this often and especially like right now like uh just like living with the pandemic and being quarantined and you know just spending a lot of time reflecting on just how we've lived life before all this happened and um so yeah I definitely like play like some stories in my head um like how I interpret me moving here and where I am now I would say um I well definitely my like my sexuality or like coming to terms with that and like accepting it and like I get like coming out like uh when I moved here I wasn't comfortable with that like at all and I was like pretty rigid or pretty like um just like really tense um and I think it makes sense like looking back like sometimes I kind of analyze like oh maybe that's part of like why I was so drawn to photography in a way Mm. and I think like I use that to express some of the things that um you know I wanted to express but felt like I couldn't of course um so so yeah like I feel like um once I graduated then like and you know some string of events happened and I feel like each of those monumental moments in my life I feel like just kind of changed my path a little bit and shifted things and uh I don't know like the first thing that comes to mind, um, you know, I would say would be, uh, well, I was outed <laughs> to my mom. Whoa. Um, I like told my brother in confidence. This is like right after I graduated um, from Pratt and uh, I was just working my first full-time job. Um, it was the summer um, and I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt really, like, secure and, like, really good in myself, and I had hope that, like, um, like, I just felt like, oh, like, I can, I can go, like, I can really do this, I can really make this happen and make my dreams come true with photography, and I felt like I was, like, getting more grounded in who I am and really feeling like I'm accepting that for the first time, um, to some capacity. And so I felt comfortable to like share that, um, with my brother. And then he, uh, then he called me one day and he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, sorry about what? And he's like, yeah, like I, I did this thing. You know, I, I told mom everything. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't like, I feel like from like during that time, like it just took like it, it caused a lot of pain and a lot of um, disruption, I guess. Like uh, from what what I felt like I was trying to do, um, but I feel like it really forced me to just like uh, really come to my own and uh, kind of let go a little. And just, like, embrace who I am more. So I feel like that was kind of, like, the beginning of that, like, of my New York, like, 
history for me. I like associated with that. It's so weird. Like coming out is so major, but also not major. Like it's such a, I don't know. Cause I had a similar thing where I told my mom and then she told the rest of the family mm. and it was a big deal. And now I'm realizing that like my family has associations with my coming out as this like that that I don't have and like they think of my coming out as like this major event but since coming out I've like come out to myself in so many other ways like it was just kind of the beginning and it's like it's so weird to think about like how they relate to it you know right yeah, and um, I recently I had a conversation with my mom, like, because we never really talked about it. Like, we, um, like, she, it, it was hard. Like, she was really upset, and she kind of, she was more upset that, like, she felt that, that I couldn't tell her. And, um, but she also was, like, upset with just, like, the fact that this is who I am. And I think mm. it was just, like, um, a shock to her, even though looking back, I'm like, honey, I don't know how you <laughs> to you, but um, but we did have this one talk, like probably a few months after that moment, and she, I was, I was home for the holidays, and she was kind of just being really like, I don't know, deflective and kind of just like, I don't know. To me, it felt like she was kind of pretending like nothing happen and there's like this elephant in the room and so I I confronted her about it and she was just like look like I understand like you know it's probably taken you a long time to accept this like about yourself like I you know I'm just hearing about it this way and you know mm. I hope that you give me time to like accept this too like you know I want to understand and I want to get I will get there just like give me time Mm. and so so I have and then we actually revisited the conversation like recently like a month ago and it was it was so nice it felt like like I don't even know what the word is I want to say closure but I don't know if that's the right word but it um it just felt like really healing to um come this far in my relationship with her and my relationship with myself in regards to all of that. Um, and same for her. Like, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing like where things go between us. How long did it take for you? Or like, was there a moment or, or like a year where you felt like in New York things started to like come together or make sense, or you maybe had like an awakening? Did that, was that gradual or did that happen in any way? I'd say like it was gradual and I think different times kind of evoked that a little like, mm. like as the sense of like coming to my own, like I, I felt like, or like the, like an awakening, I guess. Like I felt that, I felt that during all of that too. Cause I, was, I don't know. It's just kind of like, okay, well this is who I really am. I have nothing to hide, especially like on the internet, like on Facebook or what, what any other social media platforms and uh I felt really like I don't know I felt like I kind of went through an era I think I was like kind of wanting to get kind of loud or something um 
and just really like bang a drum <laughs> like about it or something in some way and looking back like I'm like I guess that kind of stepped me away from photography a little bit um mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah and then also just like technology too like things changed as well like there was vine and I found that to be like the first time that I could just like like vine and snapchat like to comfortably like speak and hear my voice and like not cringe at the sound of my own voice or just okay. being myself. Yeah, actually I would love to hear more about this because I feel like I am, we're like a year apart, but I am essentially like an old crone being put out to pasture because like <laughs> I cannot use anything. And I feel like I'd love to hear about like what the Snapchat vine, like discovery, like what was going on with you. And like, did that, was that when like the performer that I know, like start emerging? Like what was, what was going on there? I feel like, um, hmm, I, I feel like, um, like yes in a way um but I, I wasn't intentionally trying to like like make anything of it like you know when vine and snapchat were out like i think this was probably like 2013 or like 12 to like 2015 16 or something like that like i felt like um well when everything happened like with my mom and um, like getting outed and whatnot, like I felt like I, you know, definitely fell on some hard times and uh, I was, I just wasn't uh, pursuing photography in the way that I was planning to. Mm. And I think I kind of felt like sidetracked from all of that. Um, and I think I was like, just, I didn't know how to like really sit with those problems and process them really so I was kind of just like running around a lot and I um I guess like during all that um yeah like I was just like getting more comfortable just doing those kinds of things and just yeah making and then eventually like because my Instagram I would first use it to as like a portfolio almost and I would just put up photography and then slowly I started integrating the two like just like something that makes me laugh that I would want to share um, with my friends and I feel like over time like slowly it kind of just shifted and like without me even being aware of it and yeah, and then I just stopped photographing, and then I found myself like e falling even deeper and deeper. Like I don't know, Instagram stories came out, so then I, I feel like that elevated things to another place for me. Like, you know, in regards to like performing online, I guess. Mm. I'm still fi I'm still figuring out like what I how to even put into words like what I, what I'm doing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I'm curious about like this year too if you feel like you've gotten any knowledge about or any like sense of awareness about what you do or what your like what your thing is, what you're doing, et cetera. 
Um, I definitely feel a little bit better. Like if someone asks me what I do, I, I'll I'll let them know I make videos. Or sometimes I'll say comedy because to some extent I I think I do. I think I'm learning that um, that I am, yeah, I'm making comedic work. And like I'm in my own way, like I don't know, like I, I'm yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm figuring that out, but <laughs> this show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Right. Um, how like how has this year been generally for you in terms of like what's coming through, what you're figuring out, what you're discovering, et cetera, et cetera? Hmm. How's this year been? Um I would say uh well, I've had some some pretty major shifts, I guess. Um I'm, I think I'm in or I'm entering my Saturn return. <laughs> right. I think you're starting in December, right? Yeah. Something like that. Like, or maybe February. I'm not totally sure. But, um, I've also, uh, I feel like, you know, now more than ever, I've been paying attention to my health, my body. And, um, and I've been, also sober for since the beginning of the pandemic so it's about to be six months for me um because I believe I started like at the end of March um so at the end of this month will be six months and I feel like just this whole journey or this whole time like during all of this like I just feel like I've just been re-examining but usually I'm like really critical and I can be a bit harsh when I look back on my memories, like say like during that time, um, I think that was 2013, I can definitely be so critical about it and towards myself and get down and get down about like how messy things were, how much I messed up mistakes I've made. But I think this year has kind of taught me to kind of look at it as like they were kind of guideposts sometimes in a way that led me to, you know, this moment now and I don't feel so bad maybe I have a little more compassion, you know, to myself, but also the situations and the people involved in them. Me too. I really like, it's really hard for me to look back on my twenties and I've recently been going through like a new phase of depression. And I've, I like had to have this part of like, Oh yeah, I have been here before and I rarely like to think of that time, but it's like, yeah, we've done this. Like, it's actually not 
so uh, horrible. Well, it is horrible, but it's like, it is a guidepost. It's just like, it's hard to think about, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I think I, I used to, Oh, okay. So, all right, let me get my thoughts together. Like in 2013, like this was like August when everything went down with like my mom and my brother, I had a meeting like with uh, a creative director, like for this magazine and um it was like a just a meeting he just wanted me to bring my portfolio and like for us to chat and uh and I was so excited just really new to everything and you know I felt really hopeful I'm like oh my gosh like who knows what could happen like this could lead to like so many things and which is true to a certain extent but um he asked me like in the in this meeting like he asked me for a print he wanted to buy a picture for me but then he wanted me to do like something creative with like the frame and i was like okay sure like i'll do anything so i came up with this concept of like something to do with the frame and i never i just feel like after all of that happened i was just i just spiraled for for a while and I feel like I just put it off and I just I don't know I just like fell and I was also my first full-time job so like my life was just completely like okay nine to five happy hour like go to wherever else like I don't know I would just spend so many nights just like I mean maybe I had some fun but I just had um you know a lot of reckless nights and I put off doing all of this for him and I never sold him the print. And a year later, um, I run into, there was another, another photo editor in that meeting and I run into her at an art show that I had a piece in and she was just like, so whatever happened, did you ever get in? I, she, mm-hmm. I, she very clearly knew <laughs> that I never did it. And she's like, so, because she was very harsh with me <laughs> when I said hi to her. <laughs> and she was just like, so, like, did you ever give him the photo? And I'm like, I didn't. I really messed up. What's going on? Why'd you do that? And I'm like, um, and I didn't go into detail, but I'm like, you know, I just had a, a really rough year. A lot of things went down. And she's like, well, um, maybe in college you can get away with that but you know in the real world you don't get sometimes you don't get another chance and like that's it and like these things just happen once in a lifetime and she's like just reach out to me whoa yeah it was so crazy and I was just kind of like okay you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right and um and she was like yeah like just reach out to him and um tell him that I told you to email him. And I was like, okay, sure. And then I never heard from him. And I thought about him every day, like for three years, like every day I thought about him, I thought about that situation. And But now I look back on like where I'm at now and like what I'm even interested in doing now. And I look back at that, I'm like, you know what? If anything, I'm kind of thankful that didn't work out. Like. Who knows? Maybe if it worked out, it would have been me shooting for this magazine or and maybe I would be a photographer right now. But who knows? Like we, we can. Write but you're a, meant to be a star. Like we could write like a million like 
realities into like what what that looks like with me sending him this you know this freaking picture but that didn't happen it didn't work out and I used to beat myself up about it so much but now I'm like I'm kind of thankful that's how things panned out I don't think I would have I think during my spiraling too was like I'm gonna be loud and crazy like on snapchat or whatever like and just explore that expression I think I just badly wanted to do that was like express myself like you know I think photography can sometimes or the way I was going about photography was just um just so like inward yeah and I know a lot of photographers not all I have encountered some photographers where I think like that repressed expression yeah. um, becomes like turns into passive aggression yeah, and it's like thank god you discovered that you're a star you know <laughs> oh god yeah i um yeah in hindsight i'm yeah i'm just thankful all of that changed So in terms of expression, um, you know, there's kind of like a shadow presence over this whole interview, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Madonna. And I want to know about like... Oh my God, that's a whole other thing too. That's another New York for me too. Yeah. And I want to hear like top to bottom that saga, like how she entered your life and like what (laughs) what happened, you know? Okay. So, um, okay. Two things come to mind. Like... You know, of course, like, I grew up with, like, her music around to some extent. Like, I was a big fan of Austin Powers. Like, that really comedically inspired me. It's major. Yeah, I just love that movie. Um, Well, actually, I haven't watched it since. But I remember just really loving, I think she was on the sound, like, Beautiful Stranger was on the second one, The Spy Who Shagged Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. My older brother had that dvd and and i shared a room with my younger brother but my older brother had his own his own room and whenever he wasn't there me and my brother or just me by myself would just like go in there and play with his like dvds and like go to bonus features and like watch whatever so beautiful stranger was on there so i remember i would always watch that and kind of just like being like like oh my god like she's so hot on stage being you know expressive and you know he wants her so badly or he's like in awe of her and I think like I kind of (laughs) wanted both like to be in both shoes (laughs) um but I'd say that's probably like my first memory of her and then Mm. um and then in college my freshman year um I got a laptop for the first time and uh, I came with an iPod (laughs) And, um, I was, I still am this way. Like, I'm like terrified to like download things for free and like illegally and like, Uh, babe, can I just tell you, I am (laughs) whenever people are like, yeah, just watch it on project free TV. I'm like, okay. Yeah. What are are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, yeah, I I couldn't, I just like, yeah, I can't, I can't. So <laughs> I would buy, like my mom would send me money like every week, like, I don't know, like 50, a hundred bucks to like get food. And sometimes I would just like spend like $10 buying songs for my iPod. And Same. 
And so I would get a song and, you know, the recommended would come up and I'd sometimes just browse them and see what else is out there. And um, Ray of Light uh, came on and I pressed it and I was like, oh my gosh. And in my mind at that time, I was like, I don't really know Madonna's music. But then once I heard that song, I was like, oh wait. And then I heard like other previews of other songs. I'm like, oh, of course I know more Madonna songs than I'm aware of. And um, also, like, my mom's a fan. But um, but so I'd say, like, I downloaded that song. And at the time, like, uh, in school, at my freshman, sophomore year, when I was in Delaware, I was getting into, like, street photography. So I'd just, like, go on walks alone and, like, go to take the train to Philly or the bus to New York and, like, visit friends that are studying, you know, in those cities but I'd spend some time alone and just like take pictures with my headphones on, like, so like bury that era. And, <laughs> and so um, I feel like that kind of like began, like that song just like kind of entered like the soundtrack of my life in a way. And mm. just like this feeling of like things being new or like a rebirth or just things mm. starting all over again in a way and just like celebrating life and, it just gives me hope in a way um and also of course I have it and that song like I had been on my mind for a decade now and of course it, it comes with like painful memories and you know some tragedies and things like that as well but you know I think with that added into it it, it does make it special in its own way but um but yeah like I felt like I don't know like especially just like commuting like to New York or to Philly, like I would always, just, that was one of the songs I would play. But then um, post like uh, coming out and this is probably like 2015 um, and you know, things getting really screwed over with uh, the creative director. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what hit me, but I, just one day at work, I was working at an architecture firm <laughs> for like Whoa. Years. very, very, very just like, I don't even know how that Who happened. was she? Yeah that, so yeah, that was like a different, <laughs> a different me uh, or a version of me. And, um, <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was working in their archives, like scanning pictures, editing them, just really repetitive work. And so I could just put on headphones and like, listen to whatever I want. Mm. which I, I love doing that and so um I one day took it upon myself to just like let me just start from the beginning of her discography like her first album and dive just dive in go on my Madonna journey like I'm going on my Buffy journey now and uh, like that summer I just like deeply fell into it <laughs> and it's just crazy because like you do obviously she is like so ubiquitous and like it's this thing that's like existed since before we've been born so you kind of take it for granted but then like i've had this happen so many times in my life where like you'll hear a madonna song that maybe you've heard on on the radio a hundred times but you'll hear it just like at the exact right time and it'll just take your breath away like it is so it is like the purest form of pop in that it's like it really does get right straight down to it you know it like really gets to that richest most primal emotion 
And I think like during that time, also what came like, like, you know, she's always reinventing. So I guess I kind of think to myself like, oh, these are all my little reinventions over this decade. Mm. <laughs> and like, wow, so wow, like, wow. me, the photographer me, like, <laughs> like exploring wow. on me. And like, uh, and so like, I, um, <laughs> during that time when I was like getting really into her music, I also started going to Pyramid Club um, on Avenue A a lot. Like that was kind of like the beginning of me. Like, and I, I used to go out dancing like so much and like, to, like alone too. And I think like you know, in hindsight, like you know, same. It was like kind of you know a little for me. Like it was kind of a cry for help and kind of concerning <laughs> to a certain extent. But like, um, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, but it was really I, I I definitely have some great memories. Definitely have some that I'm like, okay, I was touched by an angel. Could have been in a dangerous situation, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just I remember like one of my best friends. Like we were with a group of friends, and that was our first time doing the pyramid. And then her and I like instantly connected. Like we just both I was geeking out over Madonna, like just falling into her music and she grew up with her music especially like being really connected to like her 80s 90s work and, mm. um and so like i don't know we'd go out dancing a lot and pyramid club would always play like if they did play madonna they would play like her 80s or sometimes ray of light because eventually i'd go there like now i know the people that like run the place and they'll play ray of light <laughs> sometimes um, <laughs> If I ask, um, and like, I'm not. <laughs> and so, Fuck. Uh, so yeah, so like, I, I associate her and like that whole time with that too, like wanting to like explore and dance and get used to like, kind yeah, of letting go. Even I think she badly wanted to let go throughout all my twenties. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and she does like, she does kind of open that portal because. I mean, we've talked about this, but like when I was go-go dancing, I told you I heard I was go-go dancing and they played Burning Up and I'd never heard Burning Up before. And I did just feel like this inferno lit within me. And I just like uh, this part of me just got set free. And Leo Sunshine. Exactly. And like even I mean, when Confessions came out, I was 16 and it it rocked my world because it was just like. It just felt like she was giving me and me alone a present. Like, totally. you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, um, yeah, it's just so, uh, I don't know. To me, it just, it feels like, um, I don't know, just, I'm like having flashbacks right now, just like thinking about uh, like Pyramid Club and mm. uh, like, I feel like that place was like, as far as like her music, I feel like I associated with that or like rock bar. There's a few, like Mm -hmm. they would have Madonna nights. And I remember I would like look for Madonna nights a lot too. And sometimes I'd go, they had a cover. Sometimes I'd, I'd go. Um, House of yes used to do it too. Yeah. And I've, I've been once and like, yeah, that was really fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just something about her music and like, just like who she is too it's just like so i don't know i I can like 
feel, I guess, empowered and I can feel like, uh, like, yeah, I can do anything. It's crazy. I'm having a flashback. You know, the first night I ever went out, uh, was I was 17. It was with a fake ID and it was to this mega club in Houston called South beach. Uh And we didn't know, but we walked into the club and it was a Madonna Rama and (laughs) it was, it was like, it was like a scene out of queer as folk. And it was just like the (laughs) purest expression. And like, it's just crazy because I remember being 10 when uh, Don't Tell Me came out and just like watching that video every morning on VH1. And even with confessions, like I would watch Hung Up and Sorry over and over again. And I just thought I was like, God, she's the greatest dancer I've ever seen. She can do everything. And then recently, and I think I told you this. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this, but like Ruby and I were watching her videos and Ruby was like, she is she is always in pain. Her body, she is so like, her body is constantly just in agony. Like all movement for her is agony. And like, I, 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 it blew my mind. Cause that never occurred to me when I was younger. When I was watching, I was like, Oh my God, she's right. Like no one, you, you don't watch sorry and say like, God, she's, you know, she's like JLo on her feet. That's not really the point. The point is that like, she's just going to do it anyways and she's right. going to persevere. And that that's what makes her iconic. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. There, there's this, like, I never understood that aspect of her until now, which is like, there's the reinvention and there's just like the constant, like, I'm just going to fucking do this. And she even just announced that, she's she's directing her own biopic yeah and there is this sense with that of her just being like i know you all are doubting me but i'm just gonna fucking like push and push and push and and swim upstream and there's something like so heroic about that totally yeah i really do admire like that about her um but yeah i can't say i like totally connect with like her more recent work i feel like no (laughs) yeah like but I have, in quarantine, I have given um, Hard Candy, like, more of a chance. And have and how do you feel? I'm enjoying it. Like, there's some times okay. where I'm like, well, I didn't think this would make me, like, want to dance or, like, listen to while I'm walking. Um, you know, going from... Oh, I should check it out again. I haven't really... Makes me feel, like, I don't know, like, a little sassy. Okay, I'm going to go back because it was such a weird album for a lot of reasons. And like the timing was so psycho because it came out and it was like her foray into hip hop. But then like a few months later, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry showed up on the scene and it was like, no, pop is back, actually. And it was like, oh, no, Madonna, wait. Like it it was such a weird era, you know? Yeah. And then after that was like MDNA with um, what was that producer? <laughs> like it's it's, it's, it's like in the family of like that song, like I just came to say hello. Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you were talking like, about. That time, like in pop, like 2000, like. Like yes. 2010s. Yeah, I agree with you. I think to me, like Confessions is the peak, yeah. um, and everything before Confessions is pretty much perfect. Perfection. Yeah, it's incredible. 
Um, yeah, I, I just so like associate the two of you. And when I found out that you weren't a Leo, I was shocked because I was like, wow, she's such a part of you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, and now that I hear it, like, I don't know that we're like bringing this up about like her dancing. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, do I, I wonder what I look like when I'm dancing now? Cause, or <laughs> all the times I've been out like really drunk dancing. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Because I definitely, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm on, like, the Confessions tour right now at Rose. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I know. It's, like, it's really upsetting for me, too, where I'm like, how old do I look now? Actually, one time um, at my 26th birthday, um, have you ever been to Callbox Lounge? No. It's like this bar in Greenpoint and like it's uh it's like in that area that's it's pretty far from trains. It's like near McGloric Park. Mm, okay. But on the other side of like the highway, there's like a McDonald's and a Staples like near, across the street from it. But anyways, it's like uh this bar that you can call them and book to essentially like reserve the dance floor and like host your own party, bring your own music. You could just bring a, whatever device and plug it into their sound system. And just like, I would just prepare a playlist and just put that on and invite my friends for like my, I probably had like four birthdays there and new year's parties. Um, but I remember my 26th birthday, uh, like anytime Ray of light comes on and like, I'm hosting one of these parties. Uh, everyone, like, I don't know, like, I, I'll either be on the dance floor and everyone just looks at me like, ooh, this is a song. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> I'm in the bathroom or something and everyone's like, where's Richard? Where's Richard? Where's Richard? This is a song. This is a song. <laughs> and then I, I'll, like, walk up to the dance floor. I'm like, don't worry, guys. I can take care of this. And so, like, <laughs> I remember um, in my mind, I thought for my birthday party that I was, like, I look exactly like the music video. I'm moving so fast. I remember exactly how she moves in that music video. So crazy, mm. so fast. I was like, uh, like completely just letting go. And then a year later, a friend of mine showed me a video. He's like, I was going through my phone. Here's this video of you dancing at your birthday party. Oh, <laughs> and no. I was completely like swaying, screaming the lyrics. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah, like just getting lower lower to the ground (laughs) yeah i uh i i've i've had quite a few of those too (laughs) yeah i i going out alone in my early 20s was really essential for me Mm -hmm. and i have a lot of mixed feelings about it too and like it's i rarely meet people who had that experience which is like it was really exciting and liberating because I didn't have to wait on anyone and I could just do it and I could just like go wild. Um, And it gave me this, this thing I miss, which was like anonymity. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
But at the same time, I think there was like a lot of anger and loneliness there. And there was a sense of like, I don't need anyone. See? And like, I I felt really, um, I don't really know what I was. I don't think I was projecting like openness, you know? Mm -hmm. I absolutely, that completely resonates with me. Um, I definitely think I was in a similar headspace as far as, yeah, with all that, with going out and with dancing. But I also felt like, I think like, even like last year, like, I don't know, I, I just, and I think like everyone or a lot of people like feel this way or it's in the back of their head. Like I always just had hope that I'd meet someone. Oh my God. Always. Out. Like, even though I would tell myself like, I'm just going out because I love dancing. I'm so uh-huh. carefree. I'm not that strict, like uptight kid that I used to be like when I was 18, like, see, I'm so like boundless and like free and whatever but really like there was that part and I would get especially if I got really drunk um I would just like get so bummed out I get so upset like sometimes if like I don't know like if I had expectations or if I went out and like say I run into someone or not because I I don't always make a move per se but I think I like always want that to happen like I don't know like I'll be out and I'm just like no one said anything to me like that means I'm hideous I'm I'm uninteresting I'm I'm annoying I'm dumb I'm awful yada yada and I just like take a car home and like get upset and then I'm just like looking out the window all somber <laughs> oh my that's exactly the same for me it's like, like mistakes would get so high yeah and I, I just think I don't know I just feel like yeah, I think with, like, going out, like, yeah, I think a lot of times, like, I don't know. I, I know for me, like, I was, whether if I was, wasn't was always aware of it, I always had a hope that maybe, like, I'll meet someone tonight. Like, mm-hmm. maybe some someone will look at me and validate me somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of rescue me, <laughs> too. Rescue me, too, yeah. Like, make me feel, like, safe and loved and beautiful or whatever all these things that um i guess i wasn't really bringing to myself um all these years that's definitely something i've been thinking about a lot me too and i think it's still a part of me because i keep being like what if i could just like get on a plane and go to stockholm where no one knows me and just like go hard completely alone and just like feel that again you know Mm. and I don't know. I, I really go back and forth about it. Yeah, I I don't know. I hmm. I don't know if I would wanna do that again. Right. Myself. Like I don't know, because like do you feel like uh I don't like like don't you feel like maybe like if that if that were the case, like I don't know, some patterns would repeat themselves maybe? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I just, uh, I don't know. I guess it's like I was at a party. I ended up at like, I didn't realize I thought I was just going to someone's like backyard hang, but it was actually like a full on rager with a DJ and I was 
horrified. Oh my God. And I was like, I am 70,000 years old. Like I, I need to just be like taken out back and like shot. But oh I just like couldn't dance because I felt super exposed. And that's not always the case. And like, I, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be dancing in someone's backyard, but mm-hmm. I just felt so exposed. And it's like, there is this part of me that like loved that, that, um, that darkness and that, that wildness. I don't know. But yeah. And the expectation of like, I'm not alone. So it'll be easier for me to meet someone and then I'll meet someone like it would get so big that it would get bigger than any reality. And and it wasn't even about like, I didn't even want to hook up with anyone. Yeah, I just wanted like, even like what you said when you're in the car home, looking out the window, like that became so romanticized that it like, I was like, not even in the real experience of just going out and having fun anymore. I was like doing this bigger thing, you know, and you're right. It got too big. Yeah. I, uh, Oh gosh. Yeah. And I don't know, like, sometimes I, like, I was talking about this today. Like, I don't know, like what's coming to mind is just like, uh, like my sobriety Mm. for the time being right now. And just like thinking about everything, like, um, this whole decade (laughs) and like, I don't know, like, I'm so thankful that like, this is where I'm at right now. And, you know, there's a lot of things I'm, uh, parsing out, but like, um, sometimes I get kind of bummed that I'm like, you know, I was, you know, we're doing all these things like, you know, especially if you're going out a lot and, you know, you end up getting hurt or you end up like, you know, hurting yourself, like, you know, emotionally, financially, uh, God forbid, but like physically or like something mm-hmm. happens and or like these patterns just repeat and you just keep feeling worse and worse. But then you look forward to like doing that all over again. Mm. And like really those things stem from a place. Like, you know, they stem from somewhere. And, you know, for me, like I felt like validation was like, is a big thing and you know rescue like all those things like I was like searching for that all the time and then you know now that we live like in a different world right now uh it's like great like yeah I'm not doing all of that I'm not doing that to myself I'm you know I'm trying to just treat my body my mind better in a way but I'm like maybe I'm not like because <laughs> those problems still exist in me, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, now like I'm concerned about like social media. I'm like, I'm on my phone, like all the freaking time. And I'm just like, you know, it just, does it just manifest to like another area? And so I don't know. I, I know that like, just because like, you know, I cut off one thing, you know, it doesn't mean that like all those problems are solved, of course. So I just know that like, there's just more work to do inward. I mean, I'm glad you're watching Buffy because that is one of the central themes of Buffy, which is like, you'll get to it, but like Buffy, there's just this constant like reality just constantly knocks the characters over and like no matter how fantastical things get, like there's no escape from like having to be alive or be yourself. And 
I recently have been going through, I, I, you know, I stopped drinking last year, but like over the past few weeks, I came to this place too, where I was like, okay, I'm like still me, which is like, yeah, you know, all the distractions are gone. Um, and yeah, I can like look inside, but that doesn't mean that I'm like, that is not freedom in itself. Like I, it, it's just is about coming to a place of, of, I guess, acceptance and, and balance, but, right. but yeah, it's never like over. Right. How are you feeling in the, like, in this part of the journey of sobriety and just like having to live in this sort of quiet and not, not being able to be out and like be out of yourself. I feel, I, I feel pretty good for the most part. And, um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm having like more probably, I don't know. I just feel like I'm having like clarity. Mm. Like, and to some extent, like I feel like things just seem a little more clear. The past does a little bit more to me. And like I was saying before, like with, you know, I can cringe and I can, you know, be upset with like decisions I've made, mistakes I've made, but like, I can, I don't know, I have time right now and I kind of just like process them and like also like, let you know, let myself remind myself like, yeah, like, I guess give myself compassion too to this whole, yeah, my whole time here in New York. <laughs> Is anything coming through of like what you want to do next or where you want to explore next or do you just feel like anything can happen i kind of feel like anything can literally yes but i feel so like um like when like switching over from like photography to uh like i guess comedy or like performing making videos like i would have never like entering, you know, moving to New York City, I would have never thought that, like that's where things would go. But um, I kind of feel like, um, wait, sorry, what was the question again? Like, do you have any ideas about what you want to be exploring next? Or you're just like, you just want to be on the ride right now? Like anything goes. And like, with that being said, like, um, it's kind of opened my eyes, especially like as a creative person, like you're, every, it's organic, like everything there's like, you're evolving as a person. So I think like how you contribute to, you know, a community or the world or, you know, that can change as well as you change throughout your life. And, you know, this part of my life right now, like I really want to explore like, performing and writing and editing videos, maybe directing, like, Mm. you know, putting these projects together. I love entertaining people. I like making people laugh. I like telling stories. I like expressing myself, but maybe in five years that Richard will like, I always tell my, like 
I always say to people, like, maybe I'll open a restaurant. <laughs> maybe I'll be a chef. Maybe I'll be a school teacher. Like, who knows? Like, like things can change at any moment. Yeah, I I just feel like you are, you have this, like, power where you, like, people love to watch you try things and experiment with things and like we can't really get enough and like yeah it th- we don't need you to like put a label on it we just want to see more so like yeah i just feel like you're you're so right and just by doing what feels interesting in the moment is like kind of all you need to do yeah and and what i'm doing now like i i really love it like i do feel great and i feel like a sense of fulfillment for sure and, uh, you know, I feel like I'm expressing this part of myself I, I never saw myself doing as a kid and, you know, when I first moved to New York. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And I'm really thankful that life has moved me here. And, you know, I'll keep up with it and see what happens. But I think um, I feel thankful that, like, maybe I can like not put so much pressure. Like I don't have like a exact place I want to be at. I'm not trying to mm. be like a movie star or a film director or a producer, a writer or, and you know, I'm not, I'm not like specifically trying to do this one thing. I just have interest in all these things that, you know, I just want to like keep learning. Do you ever get confused when people like, either um, compliment you on something you've done recently or, or like talk about you as like either a comedian or a video maker or something like, do you ever have a voice in your head? That's like, wait, I thought I was a photographer. Like, do you ever have those sorts of moments now? Not, not really anymore. Like definitely like probably two years ago or maybe three years ago. Um, Yeah. I definitely like held on tight to like my photographer narrative (laughs) Mm. and um yeah I'd say like uh once that all once I finally like realized like I don't know I like stopped photographing like I don't know like 2017 to 18 like once I was in 2018 I'm like whoa I haven't like taken pictures and I didn't even intentionally like mean to do that or anything like that and but then I was also making videos. I didn't even intentionally mean to like make that many mm. videos or do all those things. I was just, you know, one day I was like, oh, like here I am. I really like this. And let me just keep going. And I don't know. Yeah. And then like once like people's and then live performance, like that was something I was going to get into this year. And I was really looking forward to exploring. Um, But, you know, we can't do that right now. But I was starting to a little bit, like, around that time, like, two or three years ago. Yeah, you live performing was really uh, essential. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know, I can't wait to see more. But, yeah, also I feel like, you're amazing on in everything we're discovering you on. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait to see more generally. Oh, thanks so much, baby. 
where can people be following you? Um, my Instagram is Richard underscore Perez. And that is pretty much what I use. I don't really go on anything else. Okay, same. Um, <laughs> okay, thank you so much for talking to me. Like, this was such a pleasure for me and such a joy. Uh, thank you so much, David. Okay, that was Richard Perez. Don't you just adore him? Listen, you've been listening to The Luminaries. Made with Love in New York City. Consulting producer, Carly Hukendike. Music by Henry Kapersky. Creative direction by none other than Greg Kosatek. I'm David Odyssey. I hope you can share, rate, subscribe, etc. And have a happy and healthy new year. Mwah. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.